Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What are ghosts? Are they spirits of the dead or much more? What does this existence tell us about ourselves? Well, hello and welcome to the 184th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Paul and those probing questions came from my son and partner in the paranormal, Ben. Kitty Crowley from Bellevue, Washington, correctly answered last week's contest question, quote, in 1821, what did stonemason David Virtue find embedded in a stone? The answer, a live lizard. In 1821, Tillich's Philosophical Magazine wrote how this David Virtue, who was a stonemason in Scotland, was working on a large chunk of rock that he had come from about 22 feet below the surface uh, when he, quote, found a lizard embedded in the stone. Uh, unquote. The age of that would depend, I guess, what, Ben, on so, certain geochronological factors, I guess. We're probably talking a good 10,000 years at least, if not much more. Oh, yeah. So okay. on to this week's question. In what U.S. state will you incur a $10,000 fine in five years in prison if you kill a Bigfoot? So if you can deal with that, call us locally at 401-766-1240 or nationally at... 800-449-1240 or email us at eno at onworldwide.com and if nobody gets the answer before the end of the show drop a line to me at bennettbeyondtheparanormal.com and the winner will receive a copy of New England Ghosts by today's guest David J. Pitkin is an author, paranormal investigator and a retired teacher who has sought answers to mysteries throughout his life an activity spurred by a bout with cancer in 1973 fascinated by the workings of the unconscious mind and on the growing evidence for quote, consciousness surviving body death, unquote, he has written five books of research ghost stories. He studied dream analysis with Dr. Montague Ullman, whom I also knew, and believes that dreams of the deceased are often genuine contact experiences. Mr. Pitkin lectures widely on parapsychology themes, including ghost stories and near-death experiences. He is the author of Spiritual Numerology, Caring for Number One, Ghosts of the Northeast, which has sold over 23,000 copies, Haunted Saratoga County, New York. I should say Haunted Saratoga County, which is in New York. Uh, New York State Ghosts in two volumes and has just released New England Ghosts. He also was a novelist and a semi-professional storyteller. He is a frequent guest on radio and TV. Uh, David holds bachelor's and master's degrees in social studies and education from SUNY Albany and a master's in counseling psychology from Goddard College in Plainfield, Vermont. He's even a credentialed Reiki master. This is his first appearance with us on Behind the Paranormal. His website, www.afterworld.info. And his motto, enlighten, don't frighten. I like that. All right, so David Pitkin, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Thank you very much. That was such a good intro. I can't wait to hear what this guy's going to say. <laughs> was it accurate? Sometimes we have old information. But... Oh, you got it all. Very good. Okay, well, um, Ben, go ahead. You give us our call-in numbers. All right, today. so let me just remind everybody what our call-in numbers are today. 401-766-1240 locally and 800-449-1240 from anywhere else in the U.S. And our email is eno at owenworldwide.com. So, Mr. Pitkin, let's start at the beginning. In your opinion, what is a ghost? Well, a ghost, short definition, I believe to be the remnant of consciousness and energy that used to inhabit a living human body. That's the short definition. All right. All right, so do you believe most of us will become ghosts when we die? Yes, I do. I, I think, uh, and again, when we say the word ghost, I think one of the first things we have to do is to get rid of our images of Casper and, uh, and even some of the uh, more horrible imagery from uh, Sci-Fi Channel and some of these others, uh, and to think of this energy being... Uh, the real person, the, the energy that powered a real human body much like ours at one time. And when the body dies and this energy extracts itself, the consciousness and the memories go with it, and we all, just to stay alive, I think, at the function, we've had to become very invested in the material world. This is a world of places and relationships and possessions. And 
some of these are more easily released than others. I, I think in terms of human relationships, uh, some of the most uh, deep and, and difficult to let go of uh, ties are there. So there must be a period, uh, as I do believe we are all uh, eternal creatures, all part of a one great power, uh, and we're on our journey to try to get back into that power. Uh, it takes a while, then, to withdraw from this, uh, let's call it an ego structure that we had as a living human being. In other words, uh, I am David Pitkin, but that's not all of me. That's just a, a small fragment. So simply letting that be laid aside now and all my hopes and dreams and treasures and, and everything that were important to David Pitkin, I have to be able to lay these aside and look forward. And that's not that easy to do. I think each person... It's almost like if, if you know people who work for a corporation and they are moving on to a new job and management has them do uh, an exit interview. In other words, what did you like best, what didn't you like best, and so on. And from my many, many interviews with people who've had near-death experiences, uh, it seems in order to help uh us let go, that we go through, uh, perhaps in a flash, all the uses to which we put our energy over the course of that lifetime. In other words, we get to re-experience uh, everything that, that occurred in our lifetime. We get to see ourselves uh, and at the same time know our uh, motivation for doing what we did. And... I think one of the biggest things that the deceased person has to do is, is to forgive themselves and in some instances to seek forgiveness from those that they've hurt. In other words, it's a, it's a very complex uh, emotional uh, energy period that we have to let go because whoever we were in this life it's only one of the many, many personalities that we will take on in order to learn our spiritual lessons. And I think some people can go through ghosthood uh, perhaps in a matter of weeks or months, and there's others that are still trying after 100 years. Okay, before we get into the meat and potatoes here, how do you know all this? Well, uh, I had a good religious upbringing. Uh, I also have been uh, quite a student of metaphysics ever since, uh, as you mentioned earlier. And uh, when I was 30 years old, I, I attracted cancer, and the outlook wasn't good at the time. I was doing uh, chemotherapy, and I was quite angry uh, that here I was, 30 years old, my life was going to end, and I didn't even know who I was. I didn't even know what work I was supposed to be doing, and I didn't know how well I had done it. So I, I really got deeply into uh, metaphysics uh, over the course of 30 years. I was an active member of the Edgar Casey study groups. Uh, I developed a number of talents, one of which was intuition, uh, which I continue to work on. I did become a as you said in the intro, I was a, a professional numerologist. I did readings for people for 25 years. And so a lot of things come to me intuitively. And that doesn't mean they're right. So I then have to check and see in terms of the ancient mystery religions, in terms of uh, the, the great teachings of all the world's religions. Uh, and then I have to take the phenomena of of a ghost, and especially if it's an individual that I I can identify, uh, then I have to try to put them all together and see what is the truth. So, in other words, I have spent uh, 40, 42 years uh, 
asking myself questions, uh, asking learned people questions, uh, and doing an awful lot of self-study. Okay. Let's let's take a breath here. Now, now, let me give you some background. We don't usually invite ghost researchers on this show unless they have something new and different to say, and that's rare, I'm afraid to say. We invited you because we think you're different in some important ways. For one thing, you're an excellent writer. And, and I, I've spent many years as a professional editor, so I guess that hopefully will mean something. Uh, New England Ghosts, uh, the book is well-written, it's well-researched, and it's well-worth reading. Uh, most importantly, in my mind, you write with a deep and very rare humanity and compassion. I really respect that. Uh, it's, it's all too rare in this subject. You consider the deeper questions about death and the afterlife that so many paranormal investigators seem uh, don't even seem able to touch. And, and again, we really admire that. Okay, now, um, that was the uh, pat on the back. Now, here comes the slap. <laughs> okay. Now, we love you, David. You know that. Okay. Sure. But what I'm dying to know is how you and I, two geezers who have been researching this subject for 40 years or more in your case, can have come to such wildly different conclusions about what we're researching. And let me uh, read a quote here from, the, from your book, uh, from page 162. Again, outstanding book. Okay. Uh, at, okay, so what we call the spirit, now you've said some of this already, but what we call the spirit or soul is likewise energy. When the body dies, only the energy remains alive. It seems to contain our consciousness and therefore our personality, which we formulated during what we call life. When people interact with ghosts, they are dealing with the essential conscious personality of the departed one. Okay. I have a real problem with that, and, and you are in the vast majority in looking at ghosts that way. And what I'd like to know, again, is how did we come to such wildly different conclusions? I don't think... I don't know what your conclusions are. Okay, well, I'll, I'll just tell you briefly. I don't believe that we are full human beings without our bodies. Okay, now, now that comes from ancient... And I spent ten years in the seminary. Ancient Christian teaching... Uh, and this whole idea of the, of the salvation of the soul, the immortality of the soul, is not a Christian doctrine. It crept in from Zoroastrianism. Now, maybe it's correct, but I've never seen any, any examples of, of, of that at all. When I started out, uh, David, it was in um, northeast Connecticut in uh, the town of Pomfret with my first case. There were six seminary students, and my theory was that ghosts may be souls in purgatory. Okay. Well, I don't disagree with that. Oh yeah, well, I did, well at the time, okay. but I be, when I began to interact with ghosts, I came to the very quick conclusion within those first few years in the early seventies that they're not dead at all. As a matter of fact, the physicality of many of the phenomena that, that I encountered, uh, for example, touching entities and feeling bone structure and things of this kind, indicated to me that. In my opinion, we're dealing far more with parallel physical worlds than, with, than we are with any kind of spiritual world or spirit world as such. Many different worlds of various kinds of physicality. Physicists who believe in this will say, well, this is, these are worlds with perhaps very different laws of physics. So my conclusion to what ghosts are very early on, and especially with some cases in which we were dealing with you know, uh, haunted, uh, rather, uh, disappearing uh, time, uh, people who were still alive, haunting houses, and living somewhere else. Things like that really got me wondering that maybe this is correct. Maybe we're not dealing with a spirit world. Maybe we're dealing with interactive, parallel worlds. And that has really, at least for, for me, and now Ben and me, proved out in, in dazzling ways, uh, dealing not only with uh, human quote-unquote ghosts, but also uh, in UFO research and things of this, which we're just getting... So, I mean, so I'm wondering what, why um, the spiritualist approach seemed to work for you and uh, not for me. Well, I think a lot of it is uh, questions we've asked ourselves. I think it was important for me... Uh, in the beginning, you say you were in a seminary, and I was raised Roman Catholic. Yeah, as was I. Real, real hard to integrate the uh, the theology of of the Catholic Church, and uh, and 
I, I was an American history teacher, but one year in 1968, I got pushed into teaching a new course in the New York State Social Studies curriculum, which was called African and Asian Culture Studies. And this meant that I, like most ignorant Americans, had to get going on studying the major religions of Africa and Asia just so that I could be, uh, you know, a good teacher of these to my students. So uh, I have studied all these religions, and I have found some truth in all of them. And uh, so we have that. I have not yet written uh, New England Ghosts, my eighth book. I've not yet written uh, specifically about parallel universes or alternate realities, although I'm sure you're right that uh, these are involved in uh, explaining why uh, ghosts are here one day and they might not be here for another year. Mm -hmm. David, I'm afraid we're, we're going to take a commercial break right now, but we'll, we'll be right back with the duel of the idealists here on <laughs> uh, Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Benino on WON 1240 AM. Stay with us. My name is Bill Bruno, and I would like you to join me and my friends every Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4, because the oldies are back on WOON. The Memory Lane Show, every Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4. Tell your friends that the oldies are back on WOON. Saludos amigos, this is Vic Ramos. I'm just stopping in to tell you about my new program on this station called That Bilingual Show. See, you heard me right. It's a bilingual show and it's live and vivo on Friday evenings from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. With everything from salsa to Sinatra. It's me and That Bilingual Show right here on 1240 WOON Radio. Radio. Okay, and we're back behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, our New England Drive Time Show. you got to forgive me. I'm moving on to the weather tonight, folks. Yeah. But, David, if I bite your head off, it's not intentional. Okay. Well, that's okay. I've got to be headed to other lives. Oh, yeah. Well, as have I. well, that's an interesting statement. Uh, do you believe in reincarnation? Sure. Well, well, then why are there so many old ghosts? Although you did, I guess, kind of touch on that. Well, you don't, I don't think that we find too many ghosts that are... 200 years old. Once in a while uh, on battlefields, we run into uh, revolutionary soldiers. Uh, when I visited uh, Fort Griswold down on the Connecticut coast, down at Grot, uh, I believe that I had conversations with individuals who were there, uh, uh, at least for the time of my visit. But generally, the, the active ghosts uh, the ones that people see as apparitions or they will hear their voices or where there's some active uh, movement of objects, uh, interruption of electrical currents, things like this. Uh, these, in general, I think, date from somewhere in the last 120 to 150 years. I think those who have been working out, now you mentioned the name Purgatory, uh, but if we think of it not as a proper noun, but just as a place where people purge themselves of the, the ties and, and the regrets and the shame and blame of a lifetime, uh, I think that lies in there. Yeah, there are always reasons for these beliefs, you know. Um, ben has a question. Yeah. All right, so have you ever run into negative entities? Oh, yeah. Yes. Then what is your opinion on these negative entities? Well, uh, I like it the way my friend Betty says, David, if somebody is an SOB in life, dying doesn't change a thing. <laughs> they're going to be a dead SOB. So they, you still think they're human? Well, again, what's your definition of human? Uh, your definition <laughs> seems to be that you have to be in a body of some sort whether it's an astral body or whatever. In other words, your electric, your, your energy consciousness has to be in some structure. Uh, but 
I, I tend to think of the term human referring more to people in a flesh body. But, but I think that as, as a spirit, uh, we are just as much alive. And in fact, many ghosts are personalities that have, have passed over, their physical body has died, and they notice almost no change at all. They're still conscious, and, and this is why they would uh, uh, try to contact the living. Uh, they might do things like uh, turn lights off and on, open and close doors, hide our car keys, etc., just trying to get a second opinion that, yeah, I'm still alive. Or well, they may want to let loved ones know they're still here, too. Well, we've often found that uh, in cases... See, for, see my, I developed the early belief that nothing in the paranormal is what it appears to be. I rejected well. What, what what we're talking about here is known in philosophy as phenomenalism. In other words, it's uh, the entity is everything, and the 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 body or, or the matter doesn't really mean anything at all. I, I just don't accept that. Uh, again, wh- why do we see these ghosts in some cases wearing clothes? Dri- I myself witnessed driving ox carts. You know, you hear the, the wooden wheels and and the uh, uh, hoof beats and things of this kind. Uh, the, 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 the famous archetypes, the ghost in the checkered shirt, I've run into him more than once, a little girl with flowers in her hair. Why are they so physical if they're just spirits? So, well, some are. I mean, it's energy. It's just stepped down, that's all. And this is why we tend to encounter uh, ghosts more often at night. Well, they're there 24-7, but, but we tend to uh, encounter them more in the quiet hours, perhaps in, in dreams or... Uh, when we're out in, in a building late at night, the house energy is turned off uh, because I, I think they're very subtle energies, but it's a real energy. It contains the consciousness, and uh, and so that, but it, it's more uh, when there's not so much. Uh, think of it in terms of interference on a radio channel. Uh, yeah, we know about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. They seem to have ghosts in general. I mean, there's many, many kinds of ghosts, but uh, the, the classical ghost seems to have some control over the garments they wear. Uh, if, they're, if the garment, for example, plays a, an important part in their identity, I think many of them want to show themselves to us and can put on a symbolic outfit. Many times they will show themselves in the garment they were wearing when they were buried. But uh, sometimes, for example, I had an interesting story from eastern New York State. The house had been in the Hall family for uh, almost 200 years and had only recently been rented to the first tenants. And the teenage girl had fallen asleep in the living room one night. She awoke around midnight and found the light in the dining room across the way was turned on. And there was a man wearing a World War I uniform, Army uniform, pushing himself around in a wheelchair. And she couldn't believe this. How did a stranger get in her house? And she blinked. And in that short time, the light was off. The room was empty. And, of course, the parents worried about the girl's sanity, but they were having some other difficulties in the house. So they got in touch with me, and, of course, uh, having been an American history teacher, I know how to do research. And my first uh, questions were, uh, well, who was it? Because this man wasn't from her family. He must be a Hall, or, or the likelihood is he was a member of the Hall family. So I went over to Albany to the uh, New York State Military Archives and asked, uh, was there anyone by the name of Hall from Hall Road in the town of uh, Pittstown who served in World War I? And the answer came up, yes. We got just one guy. His name is, I think the name was Victor Hall. And he served in, in World War I. I said, where did he die? And he said, we don't have it here on the records. He didn't die in action. Well, so he, okay. So he he was he lived through the war, and uh, so then I came back to the town historian and said, "What do you know about a guy named Victor Hall lived on Hall Road?" And the town historian, an old lady, uh, kind of sniffed and said, "Oh, that one." She said, "Well, he came back from France 
And then he went up into Vermont and married a Vermont girl and beat her up so badly she almost died. And he did 20 years in uh, Windsor Prison for attempted murder. When he was released, he came back to uh, Pittstown. He only lived about another year and he died. So this would be, I think, my analysis was, this is kind of a purgatory effect. This guy's sitting there, he's done his life review, he's seen the good things he's done, he's seen the bad things. In fact, his wife was probably uh, one of the other characters in the house. Uh, many times at night, the parents would go up and down the stairs and believe that they saw a woman with broken legs on the stairs. So she might be there with him uh, for whatever reason. Well, I, but I mean... like he's, he's saying to himself... Look, I did this bad stuff, but I did something good. You know, I, I served my country. That's how he wanted to show himself to this girl. How, how deeply do you look into these cases? How much time do you spend on them? Well, every everyone is different. Once in a while, you'll get a story from someone who has lived in a house and has since moved out. And they will give you a, a pretty vivid uh uh, and I'm also surprised at the number of people who actually go do their own historical research, uh, which then I have to try to confirm. Uh, so if it's a house that's uh, still standing and may have new occupants, then you get in touch with the new occupants when you can. And sometimes you run into some very surly people who will not let you in. They will not talk to you, uh, which generally says to me that, Whoever it is is still there. So we take a look at the former uh, occupants' uh, experiences and try to analyze those because, uh, as you've read my book, you, you understand I'm still trying to be a teacher oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. for people who are living in fear. And uh, so, But there's so many different kinds of ghosts. They show so many different personalities. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, not to interrupt, sorry, but, but okay. how, do, how do you know... It's really them. One of the earliest things I found out was that you can't trust these things, and and you can't assume that they're they're doing a number of things. For example, uh, we've been through the clothes thing. I I still don't think that, that that's you know a good. I don't think the answer is good enough that most people believe. And secondly, there are issues where something uh, very often we find will pretend to be someone, even appear as someone, and not be that person to be, be some non-human entity of which there are myriads out there. Uh, that's a problem. As far as the issue of, uh, of ghosts, uh, people seem to assume that when they, quote, pass over, they automatically become, they automatically know everything. That doesn't seem to be the case at all. Right, and that they, that, that they can appear what they, to be what they want to be. I, mean, I don't buy any of that, because it, we found it in, we spend years on cases. We very often find this thing just isn't true. And history... The thing could be happening in a world that just isn't part of our consciousness, and it may or may not be in the history books, or it may be taking place in the future. So, I mean, I, I think there are all sorts of questions here that a lot of researchers are not considering. Yes, there are, and, I, and you're certainly familiar with the term trickster. Oh, yes. Yep. And I try no to... No one personally. <laughs> I try to speak especially to young people because uh, most of my teaching career I dealt with 14, 16-year-olds. And I need to tell you the, the great number of people in that age group that will go out and do uh, Ouija boards oh without Lord. any forethought, just yep. looking for kicks. Yep. And, and you run into some horrible behavior on the part of uh, people in their later teens who watch some of the, the television ghost hunting shows, yep. and they go out and try to emulate this. And... Uh, and, and they do some terrible things because they, they will get, I mean, they want to do it, but, but they're scared, and so they'll smoke a couple joints and maybe share a six-pack uh, just to get themselves ready to go in without realizing that they have, uh, by the consumption of uh, these substances, they've left themselves uh, pretty unprotected against any of these negative spirits uh, who were... Uh, bullies, who were uh, manipulators, who were liars, who were cheats. Uh, that's very hard. If they're still trying to do that, they're not going anywhere. 
So when you're, I'm sorry. They've, they've uh, not ahead. seen the, the white light. And even if they did, they've ignored it. They, they've just not gone into the light. What is the so, white? I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. Light, I'm I was going to ask you, what, what is the white light? Because I, 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 we probably have a different experience of that, too. Yeah, well, it's, uh, in my understanding, the white light is perfect truth. And perfect truth, okay. Perfect truth, yes. Uh, and others would say, well, it's the light of God. And uh, every one of the near-death experiencers that I have interviewed uh, have all seen that light. They've all gone into it and for various reasons have come back, either voluntarily or they were sent back. And so let's just say the white light is, is the final termination of this life experience. Okay. So, well, it, it, so it, it right. might, you might call it uh, forgiveness or, or whatever term you want to use, but uh, they, these particular bad guys uh, are in no way ready. They're still trying to live out their, their ego uh, of the body life. They're still trying to, uh, you know, and many of them are looking to get back into a living body. And I'm sure you've run into cases where people seem uh, quite clearly possessed. Uh, they, they might show personality disorders, but these are people who picked up uh, a real bad spirit. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, I do have experience with that. Uh, yeah, so I wish I didn't. <laughs> but uh, It exists. Oh, yeah, well, it does. You know, I think we, we would interpret it very differently, but it certainly does exist. Uh, in our experience, the white light, and we believe we have actual photographs of this, is the electromagnetic plasma created around world boundaries. Uh, we have photographs of... I'm sorry? Around what kind of boundaries? Uh, world boundaries, parallel world boundaries. Uh-huh. And uh, that we never... Well, we, we don't even approach it like going into the light. I mean, that, that could be extraordinarily dangerous. And on the other side could be a hellish world. On the other could be a you know a world which is much better than what they've got. Uh, it's it's just again we, we interpret it very very differently. We have photographs we believe of world boundaries. This light, very brilliant, uh, going through um, and, it's, and separating two rooms that are apparently in the same house but are very different and uh, two different worlds. I mean this, this again we have wildly different. Um, experiences and opinions on this. So do you believe... See, I, another thing I kind of have a problem with is all ghosts being human or having been human. I mean, we don't run into that at all. Uh, that was a question I was going to ask you because you've talked about uh, disembodied personalities. And uh, some of these can be... You know, and I'm trying to talk to you and the, and the listening audience in terms of my own experience. Sure. And one of the things I do, which I think all ghost hunters must do, if, if they're at all interested in spiritual instead of just phenomena, uh, I think you have to ask protection uh, from whatever's the highest power you know. Now, I surround myself with white light uh, before I go into any place that may or may not have a spirit. It's not that hard to do. But no, we do so the same that thing. I truly believe I'm protected from uh, becoming possessed uh, or being hurt in any way. That That's my faith. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but I do not believe that uh, all of these characters, I'm sure you're familiar with the term elemental. Oh, yeah. But these are supposed to be uh, creatures, uh, consciousness, active consciousness, that may never have been in a physical body since uh, what we know as the universe, or all creation, uh, began. And that some of these have been labeled as devils or demons or evil spirits or whatever, uh, they will not be drawn to me. I believe, because of the <clears throat> precautions I take when I go out uh, above everything else. Uh, bottom line in all my books, I'm trying to say to people, life goes on, love goes on. I, I deal yes. with many uh, because my counseling psych degree was in grief counseling. And so I do try to give people uh, courage to uh, accept the loss and to deal with it. 
and to realize that the the love that you have for any one person can't help but bring you back into their presence uh, at some time in the future, in a future life, or or in what people call paradise or heaven. That 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 draws you there. So my experience with elementals is absolutely zero. But I've heard people talk, you know, learned people done some work. Uh, I've had no experience with them. Uh, the negative energy consciousness, I've had very little experience with that uh, for the reasons I just explained. But I have interviewed people. I've traveled through their houses and uh, certainly feel that there is energy there, although whether it's positive or negative, I can't tell. Uh, but there are some bad bad ones out there uh, that in many cases you can, you do historical research on the property, you can turn up who used to live there and what the issues in their lives were. And uh, and they didn't resolve them, so they can't move on. They're still still trying to get in a human body again or still trying to push people around or lie and cheat or manipulate. I mean, all these human vices, uh, they're still trying to do that. And once in a while, you can determine who it is that's still hanging around, and, and this helps. If you call in an exorcist or a shaman, uh, they will be able to zero in on who it is and what their problem is when they throw them out. Okay. Well, I... I we don't agree on much about the process, but but the ultimate lesson we certainly agree on, and that's that life goes on and love goes on. Love really is the key, we find, especially in dealing with families who have uh, negative experiences. So, Ben, did you have any further questions? I do not. Okay. Well, I, have, I have another thing I'd like to toss in, if I may. Yeah, please. Um, and this is a concept I've been working on for probably a dozen years, trying to reason it out and certainly asking... Uh, encounter teachers or information or experiences that will uh, reveal some more to me. But all in all, so-called good spirits, bad spirits, elementals, uh, the whole thing, I I do believe, in the words of the First Commandment, all we could know is one. I do believe that we are a part of that great power that created everything uh, so long ago in terms of time. And so that as we come closer to being like that uh, consciousness, that great creator, uh, the, the better our life becomes. It's for this reason that I've remained a Christian. I've, I've gone a bit outside of the bounds of the Catholic Church. I'm a yeah. deeply committed Christian. I do believe that uh, that Jesus was the the light of heaven who came down and lived among human beings just to show it could be done. And there's many have walked his path, but uh, I'm not an evangelist. I don't go around and, and berate people for their beliefs because uh, I believe that when you're ready for truth, it comes to you. But I think we're all part of that one big power, even the bad guys. Sooner or later, I think they have to let go, and that they will be brought into the oneness. That was an ancient um, controversy in the early church that in the Eastern Church really was never quite resolved, that in the end, everyone would be saved. Yes. And in the Western Church, they didn't really like that idea, but I, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of partial to it myself. Yeah, well, uh, there's only one thing, and if a person stands there and is chopping off their toes one by one, that's your insanity. <laughs> you know, by the time you get down to six, I think maybe you, you lose your stability and have to cash in your chips. Uh, and I think that's the way it is with souls, that you can live a life saying, uh, I'm different from all these people, uh, I'm not like them, there is no God, you deny everything if you wish but you're still a part of that power, and you're still capable of learning. And I think you choose uh, lifetimes that will be uh, growth experiences for you uh, in succession. And yet, Paul, it's all going on at once. Yeah. 
All right. But well. Einstein said it's all going on. It's just our attention. It's our consciousness that shifts from reality to reality, and eventually we discard the realities that are not true. In mm-hmm. the end, you, you can only come out with son of a gun. Here it is. Right. Well, David, tell us uh, about your website and where people can get your books. Well, I, I created a website called afterworld.info. I think that speaks for itself. Uh, people interested in books I've written, and you, you listed them nicely, uh, they go to the website. I have a, a tab you can push on ghost books and read a synopsis of the books and uh, who has said what about them. Uh, I also uh, have a page, a couple pages on there for people who think they'd like to be ghost hunters. have a lot of, because I'm an old man now, Paul, have you got your curmudgeon's license? Oh, yes, I had it some time ago, as you can probably tell. Yeah, well, you just sit there mumbling grumble, see? And so I'd like to be that kind of teacher for the young and just say, you know, if you're going to do this, here's what you should know in advance. Then I also have a ghost story of the month. Uh, my writing has pretty much been around the northeast U.S. and Canada, and, but I've collected stories from all over the world, so I keep them in a file, and every month I put up a new story. I have a nice one from Ohio uh, on there this month. And then around the 1st of November, I'll change that. Uh, I promised a person I'd put on a Pennsylvania story next month. Uh, you know, but I, and then two months back, I had a nice one from the country of Belize down in Central America. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I do try to, to still be a teacher uh, for people. Uh, and I tell, in the home page, I begin telling people, what I think I've learned in 42 years since my first ghost experience, mm-hmm. and uh, which actually was auditory. It was actually hearing someone walking on a hayloft floor, which wasn't there anymore. And we did a little research and found out that 30 years before, a young man had gone up there, and that actually was his last walk replaying itself because he hanged himself in the hayloft, and now it's gone, but he's still walking on a floor that's real to him. Well, I'm uh, a, un- Unable to forgive himself. Well, I might have a different opinion. That, uh, <laughs> the thing, your book is full of wonderful examples of multiverse activity, in my opinion. Sure, sure. I don't doubt that, but, but I know my readers are, and that's a quantum jump. I think for the average reader that I run into, uh, they're just trying to get it straight in terms of what they perceive as reality. And I think if I tried to do the whole cosmic story in the first place, I don't know it. Yeah, yeah. It would be revealed to me. But uh, but I, I have set a limited uh, role for myself. Of uh, uh, My voice has told me that I'm a bridge person and mm-hmm. uh, that my job is just to get them from here to there. No, very good. Well, again, it's an excellent book, New England Ghosts. David J. Pitkin, our guest today, author of New England Ghosts, uh, just released, and it's uh, well worth reading. And um, David, I just my website. Uh, the website, please. Yes. Yep, yep. Afterworld.info, and I don't charge uh, sales tax, and I don't uh, charge for shipping. So. Well, sounds good to me, <laughs> David. Thank you for a very interesting conversation, and keep up the good fight. Thank you very much, and uh, you're a legend to me, Paul. I've heard about you for many years, so I'm glad we get to talk. Well, I hope we'll talk again soon. Thank Have you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a great night. You too. Okay, folks, we're going to take a very brief commercial break here, and then we're going to come back with one or two emails and our announcements. Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, WON 1240 AM. Be right back. This is Romeo Berthiam inviting you to join me every Saturday morning from 6 to 9 for the Saturday Show. This all-request program includes music, news, sports, weather, and all sorts of community announcements. And what a great way to start your weekend. Join me this Saturday morning. Hi, this is Russ Gorman. If you're wondering what the stars have in store for you, be sure to join me for Russ Gorman on Astrology right here on ON 1240, Monday through Thursday mornings at 1030 on ON 1240. Local radio at its best. 
Okay, we're back behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, and we're going to wrap up the show here pretty soon. We've got time for one or two emails, and uh, this one is from Michael Flynn in Fresno, California, and Michael asks... All right, so what's the specific website where I can see the hooded shadow photo? All right, Michael and about 4,000 other people asked that, which is why I decided to answer it. A lot of the photos we refer to on this show, including the ones this evening of what we believe is the, the, the light or the world boundaries dividing worlds from one another, are on uh, NewEnglandGhosts.com. That's our main uh, research website and case website. And there's a link there from BehindTheParanormal.com. But if you go to NewEnglandGhosts.com, there's a link to meet some New England ghosts, and then each state is... Uh, listed, and you can pick the ghosts of Connecticut. That will be the one for uh, the ones we referred to tonight. And, and for the, the hooded figure behind the um, uh, gentleman in the, the haunted policeman case that Ben and I were talking about recently, uh, that's on the Ghosts of Vermont page. So look at each one, and again, you know, we, uh, we are very careful with photographs. I don't trust them myself. I learned phot- photography at your parents' expense in the U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, nevertheless, that doesn't mean we don't use another expert to look at these things. And uh, when we put them on the set, we believe they are possibly anomalous and possibly paranormal. So uh, that's a, a necessary uh, disclaimer. Here's a good one. This is not from a person did not put his or her name, but asks an interesting question. All right. If time doesn't explain, if time doesn't exist, explain rust. Okay. I can see some farmer out in Kansas writing that or something. But uh, it's a good question. First of all, it's very frustrating at times to, to speak out of the viewpoint that Ben and I have because it's not like – we don't think like most people think. We don't, we don't think in a Western I- – We don't think about rust very often either. Well, rust is well, – really- you know I do because my car – the bottom <laughs> of my car is rusting out. Yeah. Okay. We walked right into that one. But in any case, rust is a sort of plant all right, uh, phenomenon. And uh, I, I have never said on any show that time does not exist. I say time – as we understand it, does not exist. Einstein said the same thing in his theory of relativity, theories of relativity, because what we're saying is that time is a function of our consciousness. Sure, it exists, but it doesn't exist as a linear, objective fact. You notice, well, you've mentioned that sometimes uh, you very much like the college you're in. You're at CCRI, and the uh, the classes go quickly because... You know, it doesn't it's like, feel like I'm in college. Yeah. It doesn't feel like I'm in school because I'm just like, oh, I've been in class for two and a half hours. feels like it's been five minutes. Yeah, psychological time. So time exists and rust exists, but it exists as a function of our – not rust, but time exists as a function of our consciousness. <laughs> so I'm sure that was a bit of a rhetorical question from uh, probably one of our uh, – Maybe coast to coast listeners. Um, anyway, uh, and there are just hundreds of emails here that we're trying to get through. Take a picture of them. Well, we are. Uh, that we're going to have to be. We're doing a special show, uh, two special shows, one on, on uh, CBS and one here, uh, just to answer emails. We usually do that every once in a while. So okay, I guess uh, we can begin to just do our announcements here. Uh, we we're very happy uh, to. Um, tell you that we're going to be on, if, if you're interested in hearing uh, my annual appearance on Coffee Ann, which is the uh, morning show on this station, it is the oldest continuously operating radio talk show in America, is that correct? The longest, longest running panel discussion show. The longest running panel discussion in show in American radio history. So I'll be on on the 29th, which is Friday, uh, my annual Halloween appearance at the behest of the authorities of the station. And uh, everybody wants ghost stories, but I'll probably, I don't know, whatever, uh, check it out. There'll be podcasts of it on there for a while. So, uh, let's see, uh, where are we going here? All right, now, uh, check our website, BehindTheParanormal.com, which will give you all sorts of information about our guests, past and future. You can also, uh, if you want more info on the show, you can subscribe to our newsletter. Just go to the Get Our Newsletter link on BehindTheParanormal.com. And next week, it's our October end of the month Paranormal Marathon. Beginning Sunday Sunday afternoon, Halloween from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, noon to the 3 to 5 Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific with... We're both on the run here, I'm sorry. Yeah, with Return to Rendlesham 5, uh, the fifth in our series on the shocking UFO events at the 
twin NATO bases in Suffolk, England in 1980. Yeah, we're going to be dealing with the skeptics. And no skeptics would come on the show. That's, we find that very interesting. So we, we will have our panel headed by Bill Burns of uh, UFO Hunters, and also we'll have uh, several witnesses. So. Yes, so then at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, it will be our regular Sunday show on CBS New Sky Radio and www.newskyradio.com. My dad and I will take an hour to look at Behind Halloween, Interpreting some of the best-known ghost stories in terms of, multi- of the multiverse theory. Yeah, we never did that before. People have been asking. Yes. So again, check our web, uh, show website, BehindTheParanormal.com, and local radio schedules for cities where CBS carries us, uh, and also in the Internet sites where you can get us, also Parax.com. We're all over the Internet. And uh, many thanks to our sainted uh, producer, Craig Pelletier, and we'll see you next Monday, November 1st, right here on WON 1240 AM and com in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley for our next Drive Time edition, as we'll have an open line show, as I mentioned. Uh, which and which will deal with a lot of these emails that uh, some of which are rather long that we get after every uh, every broadcast and especially after every coast to coast broadcast. Don't you and, just uh, love going on coast to coast? That was for, I think it was so nice they gave you your own little bio page on the coast to coast site. And I, I, my understanding is you are the youngest person who has ever been on that show as a guest. That's what's up. Yeah. All right. As, as your girlfriend says, she's never seen anyone go so far by doing so little. Anyway, you're, uh, you deserve it. Well, it's because I don't really... Uh, why? I don't do anything. Well, well, you do plenty during cases. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, so in the meantime, we leave you with a quote from my dad. May all that is good and holy, right and true, be yours. So stay with us on our cosmic journey. There we go. See you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now.